Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob. I'm reading today from the words of John Bunyan. John Bunyan lived from 1628 to 1688. You probably know him as the author of Pilgrim's Progress, and he wrote other things as this booklet on prayer that you can have yourself by uh, just writing to chapel at mountzion.org and asking them for this book. It's all free. We've been going through this booklet and found out what prayer is and what it means to pray with the Spirit and with the understanding, And but there were questions Mr. Bunyan anticipated, and here they are. Now to answer a query or two, and so to pass on to the next thing, first query, but what would you have us poor creatures to do that cannot tell how to pray? The Lord knows I know not either how to pray or what to pray for. And I have to stop here and let you know that the reason someone would ask this question in the context of this booklet is that Mr. Bunyan was very much against the common book of prayer and reading prayers that had already been written out for you to, to pray. And so there are people he are uh, he is assuming are going to step forward and say, well, if we don't have the book of prayer... How are we going to pray? We don't know how to pray. And his answer, poor heart, thou canst not, thou complainest, pray. Canst thou see thy misery? Hath God showed thee that thou art by nature under the curse of his law? If so, do not mistake. I know thou dost groan, and that most bitterly. I am persuaded thou canst scarcely be found doing anything in thy calling, but prayer breaketh from thy heart. Have not thy groans gone up to heaven from every corner of thy house? I know it is thus. And so also doth thine own sorrowful heart witness thy tears, thy forgetfulness of thy calling, and so on. Is not thy heart so full of desires after the things of another world? that many times thou dost even forget the things of this world? Prithee, read this scripture, Job twenty-three, twelve. Second query. Yea, but when I go into secret and intend to pour out my soul before God, I can scarce say anything at all. Ah, sweet soul, it is not thy words that God so much regards as that he will not mind thee except thou comest before him with some eloquent oration. His eye is on the brokenness of thine heart, and that is that makes the very bowels of the Lord to run over. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. And secondly, the stopping of thy words may arise from overmuch trouble in thy heart. David was so troubled sometimes that he could not speak, but this may comfort all such sorrowful hearts as thou art, that thou, though thou canst not through the anguish of thy spirit speak much, yet the Holy Spirit stirs up in thine heart groans and sighs so much the more vehement. When the mouth is hindered, yet the spirit is not, Moses, as aforesaid, made heaven ring again with his prayers when, that we read of, not one word came out of his mouth. But, thirdly, if thou wouldst more fully express thyself before the Lord, study first thy filthy estate. Secondly, God's promises. Thirdly, the heart of Christ. 
which thou mayest know or discern by his condescension and bloodshed and by the mercy he hath extended to great sinners formerly, and plead thine own vileness by way of bemoaning, Christ's blood by way of expostulation, and in thy prayers let the mercy that he hath extended to other great sinners, together with his rich promises of grace, be much upon thy heart. And yet let me counsel thee, first take heed that thou content not thyself with words, and second that thou do not think that God looks only at them either. But thirdly, however, whether thy works be few or many, let thine heart go with them. And when thou shalt seek him and find him, when thou shalt seek him with thy whole heart. Objection. But though you have seemed to speak against any other way of praying but by the Spirit, yet here you yourself can give direction how to pray. Answer. We ought to prompt one another forward to prayer, though we ought not to make for each other forms of prayer. To exhort to pray with Christian direction is one thing, and to make stinted forms for the tying up of the Spirit of God to them is another thing. The apostle gives them no form to pray, and yet he directs to prayer. Let no man therefore conclude that because we may, with allowance, give instructions and directions to pray, therefore it is lawful to make for each other forms of prayer. Objection. But if we do not use forms of prayer, how shall we teach our children to pray? Answer. My judgment is that men go the wrong way to teach their children to pray in going about so soon to teach them any set company of words as is the common use of poor creatures to do. For to me it seems to be a better way for people betimes to tell their children what cursed creatures they are and how they are under the wrath of God by reason of original and actual sin, also to tell them the nature of God's wrath and the duration of the misery, which if they conscientiously do, they would sooner teach their children to pray than they do. The way that men learn to pray is by conviction for sin, and this is the way to make our sweet babies do so too. By the other way, namely to be busy in teaching children forms of prayer before they know anything else, is the next way to make them cursed hypocrites and to puff them up with pride. Teach, therefore, your children to know their wretched state and condition. Tell them of hellfire and their sins, of damnation and salvation, the way to escape the one and to enjoy the other, if you know it yourselves. And this will make tears run down your sweet children's eyes, and hearty groans flow from their hearts. And then also you may tell them to whom they should pray and through whom they should pray. You may tell them also of God's promises and his former grace extended to sinners according to the word. Ah, poor sweet children, the Lord open their eyes and make them holy Christians. Saith David, come ye children, hearken to me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. He doth not say, I will muzzle you up in a form of prayer, but I will teach you the fear of the Lord, which is to see their sad states by nature and to be instructed in the truth of the gospel, which doth through the Spirit beget prayer in everyone that in truth learns it. And the more you teach them this, 
the more will their hearts run out to God in prayer. God never did account Paul a praying man until he was convinced, a convinced and converted man. No more will it be with any other. Objection, but we find that the disciples desired that Christ would teach them to pray, as John also taught his disciples, and that thereupon he taught them a form called the Lord's Prayer. Answer, to be taught by Christ is that which not only they but we also desire. And seeing he is not here in his person to teach us, the Lord teaches us by his word and spirit. For the spirit it is which he saith, said he would send to supply in his room when he went away. As to that called a form, I cannot think that Christ intended it as a stinted form of prayer, because he himself layeth it down diversely, as is to be seen, if you compare Matthew 6 and Luke 11. Whereas if he intended it as a set form, it must not have been so laid down. For a set form is so many words and no more. We do not find that the apostles did ever observe it as such. Neither did they admonish others to do so. Search all their epistles, yet surely they, but both for knowledge to discern and faithfulness to practice, were as eminent as any man ever since in the world which would impose it. But in a word, Christ by those words, our Father and so on, doth instruct his people what rules they should observe in their prayers to God, that they should pray in faith to God for such things as are according to his will and so on. Pray thus or after this manner. Objection. But Christ bids pray for the Spirit. This implieth that men without the Spirit may notwithstanding pray and be heard. Answer. The speech of Christ there is directed to his own. Christ telling of them that God would give his Holy Spirit to them that ask him is to be understood of giving more of the Holy Spirit. For still they are the disciples spoken to which had a measure of the Spirit already. For he said, when you pray, say, Our Father, I say unto you, and I say unto you, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Christians ought to pray for the Spirit, that is, for more of it, though God hath endued them with it already. Question. Then would you have none pray but those that know they are the disciples of Christ? Answer. Yes. Let every soul that would be saved, pour out itself to God, though it cannot through temptation conclude itself a child of God. And secondly, I know if the grace of God be in thee, it will be as natural to thee to groan out thy condition as it is for a sucking child to cry for the breast. Prayer is one of the first things that discovers a man to be a Christian. But yet if it be right, it is such prayer as follows. Number one, to desire God in Christ for himself, for his holiness, love, wisdom, and glory. For right prayer, as it runs only to God through Christ, so it centers in him and in him alone. Whom have I in heaven but thee, and there is none upon earth that I desire, long for, or seek after, 
beside thee, Psalm 73. Two, that the soul might enjoy continually communion with him, both here and hereafter. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thine image or in thy likeness, Psalm 17. For in this we groan earnestly. Right prayer is accompanied with a continual labor after that which is prayed for. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning, Psalm 130. I will rise now. I will seek him whom my soul loveth, Psalm, uh, Song of Solomon 3. For Mark, I beseech you, there are two things that provoke to prayer. The one is a detestation to sin and the things of this life. The other is a longing desire after communion with God in a holy and undefiled state and inheritance. Compare but this one thing with most of the prayers that are made by men, and you shall find them but mock prayers and the breathings of an abominable spirit. For even the most of men either do not pray at all, or else they only endeavor to mock God and the world by so doing. For do but compare their prayer and the course of their lives together, and you may easily see that the things included in their prayer is the least looked after by their lives. Oh, sad hypocrites. Thus have I briefly showed you, first, what prayer is, second, what it is to pray with the Spirit, and third, what it is to pray with the Spirit and with the understanding also. And the next time we get together, folks, we will read Bunyan's words of application, how to apply everything that we've learned so far. Thank you so much for listening. Please look around my site. We have over 3,000 audios featuring some of the church's great preachers. We have Bible studies on a number of subjects, a blog, and a store where you can purchase one of my books. If you desire more fellowship, please consider visiting my YouTube channel. It's known as Pasturelands, or contact me at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com, and I'll share details of our street ministry, our Saturday evening Zoom meeting for men, our new virtual meeting of men and women, and a couple of in-person churches in the Chicago area where we might meet up. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. It is, as I record today for you, April 27, 2022. And Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.